R.I.P. Tyler Skaggs. This is Corey, and this is the O the Anthem Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 273 of the O the Anthem Podcast, broadcasting from the hashtag OTALA studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles. Oh, my God. Is it happening again? It's happening again. What's happening? Oh, maybe we should get under the desk, Corey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's go. Sorry, just kidding. Uh, thank you, uh, friend of the Slide show, Roberto. Jack. <laughs> thank you for the uh, assist on that one. Yes, appreciated. Uh, this is the other end of the podcast. That was not an earthquake. We were just kidding. For those of you who are watching, um, it's been in the news, and uh, we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, but anyway, thank you for joining us. Yes, indeed. Uh, thank you for uh, following us on uh, YouTube or on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way to find the podcatcher of choice that aligns with your personal interests is anchor.fm slash the anthem. You can find the links to uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcatch, Podcatcher, uh, everything right there. So just go to anchor.fm slash the anthem if you're not subscribed already and find the place that you can subscribe right there. And of course, you can find uh, more of us at O the Anthem on Twitter and Instagram. You're watching right now live at facebook.com forward slash O the Anthem, where we record every single episode with great visual gags like you may have experienced just a few moments ago. You can find all the videos for us at youtube.com forward slash O the Anthem. And of course, oh, everything O the Anthem related, including the merch store at otheanthem.com. By the way, you did say 273. It's 274. Sorry, the they're 274. Uh, I was so prepped for the gag to start that I uh, wasn't really... Uh, <laughs> you weren't thinking about the episode Thinking number. about the episode number. Just waiting for that, uh, waiting for the gag. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, so earthquakes in the <laughs> news this week. Um, you've been actually working out in the desert, close to the epicenter of these. Uh, 50 miles closer, yes. Yes, so uh, for, the, for those of you who are listening who may uh, you know want to have a little more information, like my mother and my sister, uh, California, really big place. And these earthquakes are happening 150 miles from downtown LA, mm-hmm. which is approximately the size of the state of Maryland. Um, it's about 150 miles from Ocean City to Hagerstown. So okay. 150 miles across the way. So imagine that you're that far away, uh, even though it's still in California. It's, you know, and that's not even most of the state. That's yeah. just a little bit of the state. Um, I slept through the first earthquake on the 4th of July. And the second earthquake, I imagine. Uh, yeah, the second one, I, I didn't I mean, it even, happened at 4 a.m. It happened so. at 4 a.m. And I, I had no idea it even happened. Uh, and it was like a smaller, uh, a smaller after, they called it an aftershock. No, it was a, it was a full. So the first one was a 6-6, six, six, I think they said. And right. then the second one was a 5-1. And then the one that happened the next day was like a 7-1 or Although, something no, like that. that. Now they're saying 6-9. Six, 6-9, six, okay. Yeah, well, so. either way, I mean, like they've all roughly been in this uh, 5 to 7 rate. Yes. Um. Which is, you know, enough to definitely notice 150 miles away. But it, it kind of reminded me of the Maryland earthquake that we went through, too. Yes. Where it, it like, it, you, it's always funny when your reaction is, was that an earthquake? Like, okay. You're and like, things are shaking. And you're just like, is that an earthquake? Or is that just like a, because the one that happened at like 4 a.m. where the bed was shaking and stuff like that. Yeah, it felt like it could have been just a large number of trucks were all passing by at the exact same time. Like there was a confluence of eight trucks that just happened to be passing that caused the earth to shake. Now, that was the first one, right? No, the the second one. The second. Okay, so the first one, you were in bed Mm. uh, and you got woken up. I slept through the very first one. Yeah. uh, And didn't even know that it happened except for everything. uh, So my the the house I live in has a. 
an emergency cutoff that if it's the ground, I guess if the earthquake starts, the power shuts off. Yeah. And then the power comes back on when it stops. Um, basically, so there's not live wires around, but ba- I guess it confirms that it's still connected to the power grid. And if it is, it turns power back on. Yeah. So all my Google Homes came back on at the same time. <laughs> so uh, I had like all of that, like, dun, dun, boom, happened at all the same time. And that woke me up. And I was just like, oh. What, what just That's happened? That's weird. Uh, and I went back to sleep. And then when I woke up, I had like panic texts from my family. Like, oh my God, are you okay? And it's been three hours. Where are you? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sorry. I slept. Three. I feel I feel bad because I've been on, on night shoots all this week. Yeah. So my schedule basically involves like falling asleep at like 8 a.m. and waking up at like 2 p.m. Yeah. Kind of thing. And um, like I got I had a bunch of texts from family from the earthquake. <laughs> And I was asleep for like another six hours or whatever it was after yeah. the fact. So I, like I, I kind of hoped that they had figured out that like nothing horrible had gone wrong. Uh, and when I eventually texted them, they were all relieved. But I was also worried that they were like, uh, like, is he dead? Is has he been dead this whole time? And yes, like, he's dead. Sorry, he's dead the whole because time. he's not responding to his text for six hours or whatever. But but uh, the second one, you were working. Yeah, when that happened, that was the four a.m. one. No. You weren't working during the 4 No, I was about to go to bed. Oh, okay. Yeah. And to keep on my night schedule. And was, did you uh, feel it? Did you feel it? The 4 a.m. one? Yeah. Yeah, that was the one that felt like a bunch of trucks oh, going okay. by. Okay. And, and then, then the, the third one, one. Yes. yeah, the 7 1 or 6 yeah. 9 yes. was uh, on set. And again, it was one of those like we all looked at each other like, was that an earthquake? And See, then we all had to get out of set because we were around like glass and stuff and it's not safe. So I. I knew immediately I, we didn't have that. Like, was that an earthquake? It was a, Oh my God, it's an earthquake happening right now. Yeah. Uh, but I realized I was also standing on a freshly poured concrete slab. So it was doing like a weird shimmy. Yeah. And it, because it wasn't giving or waving at all. So the whole thing was moving as one and mm. it was giving us a weird, a weird feeling. But I don't know if I had been standing anywhere else, if I would have inside the building, people noticed, but not as much as I think we did outside. So, yeah. uh, but I will say I it, agree. It felt more like an aftershock or something like that to me at the very least, e- even though it was closer, it just felt like I was trying to like, it, it just felt like there were, there was, it, it wasn't very strong, at least to my mind's eye, but it could have been, you know, I was like in a, an odd position to like yeah. feel it or I don't know exactly what was going on, but, well, <laughs> and I was in D- the DC earthquake. I was actually in DC returning my law school books the day that it happened. Yeah. And I like literally as it started, I pulled to a stop and the whole everything started shaking. The brick facade of a building fell down in front of me. So like for me, that was a super intense one. This was just like, oh, oh, wait. Oh, that's cool. And I like, took a video of the popcorn machine like swaying and yeah. the water in a pool like moving. Um, so it was more cool. Uh, I don't know if it would have been cool if I was in in the apartment and like like the like the bookshelf is moving yeah and the tv is moving uh but it was cool for where i was so well um, like rachel described the first one the one that that caught us all by surprise at like 10 30 yeah as like she was like looking you know the bed was moving and the tv was like swaying very violently and stuff yeah. like that and that that's kind of scary but like you know the i don't know there's been lots of aftershocks and stuff like that so you sort of like i I feel the earth shake and then I'm wondering if it's going to continue shaking. And it's like the, how long is this going to go on thing? Which is like the most unnerving part of it all. Yeah. 
And uh, like, is this little tiny shake the thing that's going to lead to the humongous shake that's coming seconds later, or is this just going to be a small momentary yeah. lapse of? Is it dialing up, or is this all <laughs> it's going to be? Yeah. Uh, and I explained the science behind it, but uh, for those of you on the East Coast who are afraid, we are very far away, so we get like these longer period earthquakes, but they're not as violent of a shake. Yeah. The P waves are waves that travel like this. And they lose power, but they're longer as they travel through the earth. So we get like this long, like up, down, up, down, up, down. And it feels like it lasts longer, but the up and down is less intense. We also have a friend who lives in uh, the 14th story of an apartment downtown LA here. Yes. So they were describing how really scary that was. Because, you know, the, the building's designed to sway. Like, that's how... That's how you don't your building doesn't collapse during an earthquake. Yeah. So that it like it gives a little bit. But if you're really high up, then that giving a little bit makes you feel like the whole thing's just sort of like swaying out of control and then that's no good either. <laughs> uh, if you remember that's the uh, very unnerving. The third roommate in the apartment in Baltimore, mm. where we were at during the DC one, said that uh the couch just basically moved out from under her. She started falling, and then the couch came back and knocked her across the room. Uh, which I imagine is probably how it felt at the top of these buildings. Yeah. But also, you know, most of the places that we've lived in LA um, have been built on the shock absorbers. So yeah. it's less intense here than it would be anywhere else because the whole building is just like gently moving as the yeah. earth kind of does it more violently underneath. But what, what worry, what concerns me though is that like, uh, with all things earthquakes, there's sort of like this line at like 8.0. Yeah. Where like, up until then, everything is theoretical. Yeah. So, like, uh, the Wilshire Grand, which we've talked about a couple <laughs> times, uh, is, like, sort of well-known for its, like, ability. It, like, it, it had a lot of earthquake tech put into it to yeah. keep it safe. And uh, with good reason, because it's, like, 73 stories tall. Yes. And they wanted to make sure that, like, people felt safe going in there. It's going to take but, out a hundred or ten story, uh, ten blocks if yeah. it falls down. So, But, like, even when they were, like, talking about the amazing earthquake tech they have and how, like, you wouldn't even feel it if it was, like, a 5.0 because of how the, the shock absorbers are in the building or something like that. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, this thing where they're just like, well, what if it's an 8.0 or above? It's like, w- nobody knows what happens. <laughs> At that point, so uh, it's all kind of just. Uh, hopefully, it helps. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Instagram is serving me nothing but uh, earthquake survival bags, yeah. and earthquake survival food, and water, and uh, uh, the uh, USGS saying, "Hey, do you have your earthquake kick ready?" And I'm like, "Nope, nope. I'm just probably gonna die. It'll be fine." Yeah. Uh, yeah. Laura texted me and said, "Like, hey, maybe you should pick up an earthquake kit on the way home." And I'm just like, "Yeah, maybe I'll do that." And then I was like, on the way home, and I'm just like, "I'm fucking tired. I'm yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> I can't do this right now. I'd rather die. It's fine. I'd rather die than stop. It's fine. I'll find water. <laughs> I'll take it from other people. It'll be yeah. like Mad Max. It's gonna be like Mad Max. It'll be fine. The strong will survive. Uh, I don't know how." well you're gonna do though in that situation so but um yes i, I think are, I'd, i think i'd do a really good job of being that that the like boss hog of the whole thing like, oh you think yeah all right that fat okay. guy is like <laughs> that guy i don't know that you have the violence that you'll need to get i don't think you have it he had yet. other people who did it for him he was just a mm, okay yeah. okay but uh so yes uh to everyone on the east coast we are fine at least for now uh the worrisome thing that I talked about with my coworkers is that all three of these happened basically in the same town in California, which means that none of the pressure has been released 
anywhere else along the plate boundary. And the bigger they get in the same area, it means there's more pressure elsewhere along the plate, yeah. which means that it could work its way down a little closer to LA and then skip there. And that's when we'll get a big, uh, well that, yeah, that's the here. other thing too, is like, you know, that they, we had the first quake and then a world renowned seismologist went on the news and was just like, listen, because we had this quake, there's a 5% chance that within the next couple of days, we're going to have a quake that's bigger. Yep. And then we did. And now there's an 11% chance that we have a quake that's bigger than that yes. coming in the next couple of days. So it's all sitting here and waiting. And so. it's uh, the disturbing part of that story is it, it's like a add on factor because they're like, well, what if we get like three or four smaller ones? That makes it better. Right. And they're like, no, no, it gets worse the more there are. So, uh, you know, what's been having out in Glen Avon, California with all those 2.0s, that's basically just loading a gun and yeah, uh, yeah. playing that's Russian roulette. throwing the, the bullets into the chambers. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're just waiting for the big one here and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, the worst thing would be if I was at work and then I was stuck with 80 people who I had to take care of for the next. Uh, although, you know, then my gang is pretty set, right? Mad Max is all about yeah, the yeah. gang and I'm already the leader. Yeah, but so many of them would be complaining. Like, I didn't charge my iPhone beforehand. It's all millennials. Uh, you know. Yeah, anybody but, uh, got a power brick? On the plus, plus side, though, I won't go hungry. So there's that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we'll keep you posted on the earthquakes here. Uh, I was gonna. Tr- I was trying to go live on Instagram, and it wasn't working. And I think that that's because everyone in the world was trying to go live in Southern California. Yeah. So uh, I just recorded the video instead. I'll try to capture it again if. Uh, if, if it happens, we can see. Yes. So, uh, but if you don't see us recording a video, it's probably because we're dead. <laughs> don't put that out there. Don't put that juju in the universe. <laughs> if we have an episode two seventy five, it'll be next week. If there's a major earthquake, maybe not. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but uh, other big news from this week: that earthquake, the first one, did happen on Fourth of July, uh, and it was strange. It was a weekday, and you weren't working nights. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But uh, we had a day off for the Fourth of July. We were dark sub- on the Fourth. A subdued Fourth uh, of July, I think. Uh, maybe we are finally reaching that age where it's not like let's go balls to the wall. Um, yeah, I mean, I I just think there wasn't like it, it wasn't planned out ahead of time. That's sort of the problem. Like not the I, problem. That's the solution. That is I think the solution. We, I think we 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 didn't come into it having a plan from the get so Mm -hmm. therefore we were it was easier for us to all just sort of like mosey in and have a quiet like well i mean the 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 activities didn't change like we still we did barbecue we barbecued you went to the pool yeah Yeah, like played mario kart like these are all things we do on normal fourth of july so like Uh, i had uh, happened at a different timeline i had seven not your father's root beers over the course (laughs) of the day which is great uh but i didn't have seven jack and cokes and the difference between those things are very important uh the seventh jack and coke is the one that makes you not uh want to get up in the morning the next day and i had work at 8 30 so it was very important to get home yeah but uh yeah, you know, I, I would say that I think that uh, generally speaking, we were like, well, Corey's working nights the night before, so let's not really plan anything. We'll play it by ear. And then we had just a very, like, very nice yeah. evening where we just kind of, like, hung out and chilled. I'm so. A little bit of more of a late arriving kind of thing. Yeah. Because yeah. that was really the question. Like, when was I going to wake up? Right. Like, so. And I, I do remember last year, I think it was like, it felt like a little bit like we were on the clock because it was like, all right, uh, 12 o'clock. Everybody's got to be up and ready. And then one o'clock, we got to be here. We're going to be in the pool by one. Yeah. Uh, barbecue we were by concerned three. about like making sure that we were there where the sun was still on the pool. Yeah. 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 Um, 
And it was a shit show last year. Although I think the pool wasn't that bad this year, right? No, it was very nice. Yeah, I liked it. It's really nice when the building everyone's moving out and it puts you <laughs> in a good place to negotiate for your apartment. Uh, uh, someone who did not have uh, as good of a Fourth of July as you, President Trump, um, called up the uh, some reserves in Georgia to put some tanks in a parade in D.C. Yeah. Um, not like a dictator at all. Not something that dictators do. Um, also, uh, something we talked about in the pre-show meeting. Generally speaking, 4th of July, Memorial Day, these have been days that members of the military know it's a kind of an unofficial day off. Yeah. You're never off when you're in the military. But, you know, uh, one example I use is an uncle of mine told me, well, the uh, all of the officers would get called away mysteriously on the second, mm. and then they would just leave us to our own devices for a few days, knowing that we won't burn the base down, but we don't have to salute really anybody, and we can go around out of uniform or not proper uniform, and basically just live our lives. Uh, and instead, a bunch of guys got called up to run their tanks through the streets of D.C. Um, to make someone's penis look bigger. <laughs> there, were, I mean, the other thing too is just like uh, my grandfather was in korea and was uh, uh a bureau man age differences my dad was in korea just yeah yeah uh i think he my grandfather was in the military before like he korea was at the end of his like military career kind yeah, of thing beginning of my dad's yeah. end of your grandfather. right so that that math makes sense to any normal person <laughs> korea the 25 year conflict that we had there yeah. and uh yeah um but no i mean like you know i i remember my mom telling stories about like going to the national mall on fourth of july and how usually going into dc meant work for him yeah like and this was an opportunity for everyone to sort of like let their hair down and enjoy themselves and like watch the fireworks and just it's it felt like a place to go to enjoy yourself rather than to work you yeah. know yep. and uh that feeling i don't know i just think it's shitty that like you know he didn't have to have this like right. big salute to the military on fourth of july like he could have just picked some random day in august like when or how about memorial day yeah. or veterans day yeah why did he not pick veterans day it's in november and it's cold <laughs> and rainy and the earth said fuck you trump and rained on fourth of july anyway so there you go not to not to be uh i didn't watch his stupid parade or his stupid speech yeah but, i mean obviously i heard about the um him talking about the british taking the airports during the revolutionary <laughs> yes. war and stuff like that you know the uh the grand air war that was the revolutionary war yes and, and i i understand how a teleprompter going down could be very could really affect your ability to mm-hmm. uh like stay on the speech that you're supposed to give. And if, especially if you're sort of out there, like blind, like you don't know what's coming next. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how you would maybe look at words and infer them to mean certain things. But just generally speaking, we had, we have a, we have a president who looks at the speech that's maybe coming in and like little bits and pieces or broken up or something like that. And just naturally assumes that airports and revolutionary war is going to be (laughs) What are going together? Yeah. And yeah. that to me is like the mind numbingly. Like it just be like if I was just like, yeah, well, you know, like the dinosaurs were going really good until the nuclear bomb got dropped on Hiroshima. And you're just like, that's that. 
There's a lot of years. Yeah, there was two. there was there's some difference between those two events. Like, yeah, and I, one of the videos that I really liked at the end of Obama's administration, and not that I'm defending him because he also was a war criminal, but uh, is there was an event in the beginning of his uh, uh, presidency back in 2008, and one at the end in 2016 where the teleprompter went down, and when it goes down in 2008, you see him like visibly panic and then try to like vaudeville it up for a minute, waiting yeah. for it to come back up and just do a horrible job. And in 2016, he just immediately breaks from the teleprompter, goes to the crowd, and does his best rendition of the speech that he has already memorized. And it's not what he put down on paper, exactly, mm. but you can tell it's a little off the cuff, but otherwise, it, the remarks are good. Well, and I mean, Trump goes off the teleprompter all the time. Exactly. And yeah. I, I just don't like, I don't get why, like, if I was him, and I saw it starting to starting to act up, yep. like, Go he, to the could, crowd. he could literally just like look at the crowd and just be like, can you believe this teleprompter is breaking down in the rain? But you know what doesn't break down in the rain? My love for America and the patriotism that the people feel. And We're like, making just, America yeah, great yeah, every day. Yeah. Like, can you believe this rain? <laughs> I was trying to make it not a swamp. I made it worse. And so did the weather. Uh. <laughs> Mexicans are doing this right now. <laughs> you know, like whatever. Go to the base, Whatever man. he has to say to like get through it and then just wait for like Stephen Miller to feverishly type up a new speech. But what it comes down to is. <laughs> I don't know that he is not aware until someone told him afterward that there were no air battles yeah. during the Revolutionary War. That's that's what it comes down to is I know that I could have trusted Obama at least to know what <laughs> hey, period. Listen, whoever tells him that and he's just like, yeah, well, how do we get over here then? <laughs> huh? How do we get across? How do we get across that ocean? What's the one? Atlantic without uh, the planes. Ships. Ships, sir. Cargo? Are like we a cargo? Yacht? <laughs> you mean everyone yachted across the Atlantic? You know how long that takes? Ah, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> By the way, uh, really excited for my cartoon president this week. Cannot imagine how good that episode is going to be. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, it's an embarrassment. Uh, we laugh a lot, but um, this is something that during the Cold War, there was an, a precedent set very early. Uh, I want to say by Dwight Eisenhower, who again... Was a general, yeah, military man. Won World War II for us, and then became president. And one of the things that was pitched very hard by Douglas MacArthur, who was his uh, not his Secretary of Defense, but his like lead general, mm. was finally a military man in the White House. Let's put these tanks and these missiles on parade and show these Ruskies what's what. And Eisenhower, a military commander, said, "This country is not about showing off our military might. Yeah. It's about showing the things that make us great." And that lasted all the way through the Cold War while the Soviets and the Chinese and the Koreans and literally everyone who wasn't in the West paraded their military arms in parades. We did not. And we set the standard that the Brits did not, the French did not, although de Gaulle did a little bit in the uh, 60s and 70s, um, another military man. Um, and we made it all the way to now. I mean, Bush was in the military. Yeah. Both Bushes were in the military and uh, we they still didn't. But now we get to a guy who got out of Vietnam, Vietnam three times from bone spurs and he just needs to prop himself up as leading the military by breaking this tradition that we don't put the military in our parades. We don't need to put a <laughs> nuclear missile down Pennsylvania Avenue to show that we have them. Trust that we have them. We dropped them <laughs> on Japan. You know, I was I was like the the pre Gulf War version of america where uh like literally uh, so much of a, of america's defense strategy was like a father like yelling at children from the other room yeah like, hey don't make me come in there 
It's like that's all you needed. Like every once in a while, somebody touch my thermostat. <laughs> uh, Japan's getting a little feisty. It'd be a real shame if I came over there. I mean, yeah, and honestly, that was it because it was like, let's just take a, a carrier group and we're just going to move it, not all the way to Japan, yeah. just in that general area. Everybody we're calms gonna, down. We're going to get as close to Japan while still staying in American waters as possible, and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see if they want to pick a fight. Yeah, you know the uh, the North Koreans and South Koreans are starting to lob some artillery, and we just uh, we move a carrier group into the Sea of uh, the South China Sea. Yeah, still very far from Korea for those of you who don't know the geography. And it's like, oh shit! All right, uh, yeah, Dad's here. Let's, uh, <laughs> just put everything Dad's away. Dad's home. Just Everyone wait. relax. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's how it was. And now instead, what we're doing is uh, tearing up the delicate infrastructure, <laughs> which we are still not paying to fix, by running tanks down. Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah. So uh, it's embarrassing and uh, we shouldn't be doing it. But that is the best definition uh, or explanation of the Trump administration right there. It's embarrassing and we shouldn't be doing it. But uh, here what, we are. What are we doing? I mean, yes. like, what else can we do? Uh, and the most tragic, uh, I just want to touch on this. The most I mean, tragic- I guess the, I, I guess at least it's better than it's not the worst yet. I, we could put it that way, too. Like Trump's not having like two soldiers like knife fight in the middle of Pennsylvania Avenue to prove who's stronger. I mean, not yet. Not yet. But I'm saying like right now, like we haven't gotten to the point where he's like, you know, like laughing with glee as like Navy takes on the Marines and like yeah, this true, knife true. fight. <laughs> but and I will for say the enjoyment like, of the country, like all all other things aside and all the hate that people are like launching at him for it. Stepping into North Korea and having a talk with Kim Jong-un is a historic thing. Yeah. No American president has stepped foot in the North Cor- into North Korea. Yeah. Cross the DMZ. Yeah. Ever. We we didn't even. I mean, we had American presidents who went to South Korea while it was still like a protectorate of America and or the of the West, and North Korea was a protectorate of the Soviet Union. But that was even before Korea was a Korea. It was just protected area. Yeah. Um. But they still didn't go to the north, and. For him to take even 10 steps in and have a conversation, and I know the legitimacy of Kim Jong-un and blah, 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 and I don't really care because why or who are we to tell somebody they can't have nukes? Because, oh, by the way, we have 8,000 of them. And by the way, we have them pointed at North Korea right now and also at Russia, who's supposed to be a friend, and probably at Germany and Britain and France, too, just in case they get uppity. Um, But... There, all of the like the the false positives. Because by the way, he didn't do that for us. He didn't do that for diplomacy. He did that to have a fucking photo op of him walking yeah. into. And the G twenty went so horribly. He had to do something to like. Get well, a I mean, the, it, this is the part of the uh, part of the horribleness about Trump is how the images that get put out there and the way that they are explained to some people make it seem like uh, he's playing some sort of like long game that none of us understand. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is that this is not how it like, you know, sure. If I'm going to buy a $20,000 car and uh, you know, my goal is to get it for 15. Is there some way I could end up at that point if I walk into the dealership and say, like, listen, no matter what happens, I'm not spending more than $30,000 here. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess there's some way you can turn that around. But sure. the likelihood is they're going to hear you walk in and offer 150% of the value of the car. Yeah. 
and not budge any less than twenty thousand dollars, and yes. then you're going to end up paying sticker price when you could have walked out for way less if you would have just held your cards a little bit close. I mean, like he just talks too much, like, and that's that's his thing. Like you know, all the pictures and all the things that he he does. You know, like I saw a friend on Facebook say, like, you know, like, oh, isn't it great to see a president on Fourth of July giving a stirring a patriotic speech? And I'm like, yeah, like the the image of him like giving a speech on Fourth of July in the rain and stuff like that is great until you listen to the speech. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> like, well, like, and we've talked about Baltimore needing a take your medicine mayor, and there are a lot of ways in which America needs a take your medicine president. Yeah, and. The other way to say that is a president who does not give a fuck about anything. Now, the president who doesn't give a fuck about anything is the one who goes to North Korea because yeah. he's like, I don't care about the political capital. By the way, I have none. Yeah. So I'm just going to go do what I want to do. Um, I'm going to propose Medicare for all also, which he didn't do. Let's not give him credit for that. But it's just like, I'm going to put these ideas in the national parlance. But the problem is it's not part of some long game. It's yeah. just him doing moment to moment whatever pops in his head. A take your medicine president is the one who goes to North Korea, finds some middle ground, and makes peace. Yeah. He's not doing that. He wants a photo op of him walking into North Korea and shaking hands with Kim Jong-un. Um, it's the one who goes to China and says, hey. Uh, I mean, if, if you're talking about like a... <laughs> I mean, like, really, what what the country needs is somebody who's like, okay, this is going to sound weird. Okay. But what I think we need is a non-evil Mitch McConnell to be president. Okay. Because uh, Mitch McConnell is so, like, kind of driven by, like, the corporate donors and the Koch brothers, which kind of, like, feed mm-hmm. his livelihood. So, like, everything he does at some point is for, you know, the richest people in this country or the corporations yeah. or the people who who, you know, put money in his pockets kind of thing. But, like, he is dastardly and incredible at, like, never giving up an inch and always getting what he wants. So, like, what we need is we need somebody who's just, like, that for the American people. And it's just, like... He, he just never quits. He always gets the best deal. He always wins, which is exactly what Trump was trying to promise, but never got. Never like, actually did. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like... Well, I mean, what we need is... Uh, I mean, uh, he doesn't get credit for this enough because people don't remember, but Nixon is the reason we have the relationship with China that we have now. Yeah. And what, he did, what people didn't know at that moment was he knew Watergate was coming, and he was trying to do a Trump thing, which is like, let me do something really great. So when this bad thing breaks, maybe people will forgive me for the bad thing because of the good thing. But he was a guy who realized I have no political capital and I have something really bad about to happen. So let me do something bold that nobody else would do in order to try and. Well, not only that, guy. but something I mean, like for as much shit as Richard Nixon gets and believe me, he deserves, There's he a, deserves a healthy amount yeah. of shit. He is when it came to foreign issues, nobody was better than him. Yeah. And triangular diplomacy was a brilliant stroke of genius to try and get like a lot of people talking that didn't want to be talking. Yeah. Like and it, it, it you know, like the obviously there were a lot of things that in retrospect aren't great, like bombing Laos and Cambodia and stuff right. like that. But like that was all part of like sort of this like master plan of like I'm going to uh Give people the opportunity to talk, but I'm also going to show that I might lash out randomly. Yeah. And that you should be scared that I might lash out randomly if we don't have these talks or if these talks don't go my way. Nixon is Trump with a long game. Yeah. Trump, he does things, but he had a long game. Yeah. Nixon is Trump if Trump had a brain, I guess. I mean, no, it's like knew yeah. what he was doing. Like yeah. knew anything about anything. Like, Fair enough. 
Uh, but so, I, I don't want to dwell on uh, Trump any more than we have to. <laughs> I do want to take one moment and talk about the most tragic news to come out of this week involving Independence Day. And that is <sighs> the live action Aladdin has passed ID4 as the most profitable movie in Will Smith's collection. And this cannot stand. Uh, we need to re-release Independence Day to theaters so it can once again take its proper place at the top of Will Smith's uh, filmography uh, as far as money is concerned. So, uh, well, so so much of that problem, though, is that I imagine nobody's thinking Aladdin is a better movie or that Aladdin was a... Uh, uh, like it, You know, Independence Day also came out when... You know, you could pay seven fifty to go see a movie. Yes, yeah. Like it, it's not adjusted for inflation and stuff like that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And um, there weren't three D showings of Independence Day, and if there were, then I imagine it would be a lot bigger. Yeah, because oh, that wasn't oh. really a thing at that point. And Corey's friend on Facebook. If you want to hear a president give a good speech on Independence <laughs> Day, watch Independence Day because it has a really great speech from a really moving president. Yeah. Which I haven't. I didn't watch it on Independence Day, but I did watch the speech. I found a clip of the speech and yeah. watched it. Uh, which, if you follow on Instagram, uh, I think it was Instagram, that we I reposted it, that you should watch it. Uh, and check out the episode last week where I, I said three words from the front of it and then immediately remembered the whole thing. And, and just re- went through it. Recounted yeah. the whole thing. Uh, so let's skip down. Uh, a little bit of election news popped up. Uh, no big things. There was no debates. There was no uh, big stuff. I think that mostly the candidates take off the week of July 4th to go wherever and uh, not campaign, but instead just like be Well, there's, there's like a big rush up until the end of July for uh, second quarter fundraising. Yes. So like sort of as soon as it as soon as you hit that mark, uh, end of June, you mean end, end of June, June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, B- beginning of July, end of June, where you uh, once you hit that point, like there's a little bit of a breather you can take, and like with the holiday, it, it especially helps. But like you know, like you're you're go- you're going mad to try and make as much money as you can right before you have to announce how much money you made. Yes, and uh, things that we did not uh, did not we're not surprised by. Number one, um, campaign war chest right now, Joe Biden. Yeah, um, he had his old. Well, I mean, Trump. Well, Trump by far, but yeah. forgetting about the Republicans from the Democratic election. Yeah, Joe Biden had his old Senate campaign. Plus, he has all of the uh, neo Clinton folks uh, who are backing him. So he has the largest war chest. Uh, Kamala Harris do in very good position. Cory Booker's in a very good position. All of the front runners you would expect. S- Sanders rolled over a lot of the money from his last campaign, so he's in a good position. Surprising. Uh, not front runner, but surprising person in this race, Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, coming in with twenty five million in his campaign war chest. Um, and uh, I something that Bernie was like harping on last time. Most a far majority of those donations, I think over ninety percent, were less than fifty dollars from. You know, and it's like 90% of them came from individual donors. So it's like no huge donations from big people. It was mostly small donations from people like me, including me, uh, who gave $10 on two occasions to to Pete's campaign. Um, By the way, not based on getting an email, based on seeing uh, the clips of him at the debate and being like, that's another 10 bucks for you, Pete. Good job. Yeah. Uh, and him, the first time, I didn't actually give money. I sent an email, but uh, I gave him money early in the campaign and then um, sent an email when I saw him go home uh, during the police shooting. And then I sent more money after the campaign or after the debate. But um, sad news out of Pete Buttigieg's campaign 0% with the black <laughs> voters uh, of the Democratic Party. This is a bit of a problem. Um, yes. It- 
it's not great. Not not great. But yeah. let me let me let me uh, try and talk you off the ledge a little bit here. Um, there's way too many people to to care about where those numbers are currently. Yes. And if Pete Buttigieg wins the nomination and becomes the Democratic nominee for president, then I imagine that number is going to come back up to a more reasonable yes percentage. Mostly because uh, the African-American population will be forced to decide between Pete Buttigieg or Donald Trump. Yes. And I think they'll end up going Mayor Pete there. Um, Just, I mean, like, honestly, I can't imagine there's anybody on the Democratic side who wouldn't eventually get the African-American vote once they became the nominee. Worse news than that was going into the debate, Joe Biden had like 70% support. Yeah. Which... Just, I cannot fathom being Obama's running mate. That's, I guess, maybe that's got to be anyway. Well, I mean, that's that's the other part too is that, like, even though Buttigieg has definitely like vaulted himself from like an unknown to a uh quasi front runner in the Democratic campaign, yeah, people he doesn't have a great name value, sure, and people might know of you know, like, you don't know how these polls are necessarily putting it out there, like, uh, they might somebody might know him as Mayor Pete. But they're just like, which of these candidates do you want to support the most? Harris, Buttigieg, like, oh, or uh, like, would you back a Peter Buttigieg? Yeah. And they're like, I don't know who that is, but I'm voting for Mayor Pete, so put <laughs> me down for that. Um, but but um, I mean, like, Joe Biden has huge name yes, recognition, yeah. and people know who he is. I mean, I would be more worried if I was like uh, Bernie. Right. Because he still has, despite having huge name recognition, still has very low numbers in the African-American community. And it's questionable as to whether or not. I mean, like, I, I still imagine, I mean, like, the the black voter is a pretty, you know, solid Democratic voter. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. So I, I don't imagine that we would, even if, like, Bernie won the nomination, I don't imagine a bunch of people would sit out the election. Right. But Especially like, given who's on the other side right now. And yeah. he's made his proclivities uh, clear. Uh, but good news update on that. Uh, after taking him out to the woodshed, uh, Kamala has basically eliminated half of uh, Joe Biden's support uh, in the black community. Yeah. Um, not such a strong showing by Corey, but I think that's because they were on different nights. Right. Yeah. Corey was on the second night and Kamala he was on the was first on the, yeah. on the first night. And Kamala was on the same night as him, as yeah. Joe. And actually, like literally, I mean, I say take him to the woodshed, but at one point was directing questions at him and he was very dismissive to her which probably well, did not do him any favor so i i think there needs to be a discussion at the biden camp about uh this i'm never going to apologize for anything <laughs> yeah, technique yeah. that yeah. that they've come up with and like sometimes it works like uh uh I have a proclivity to say I'm sorry a lot, even if it's not like I'm apologizing. It's just sort of like I might bump into you in a hallway and I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry. Like, it's not because it's just because I want you to know, like, I'm I'm not like uh, it wasn't on purpose. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't on purpose. Yeah. Uh, and some people have there, there's been like a psychology within some people where it's like never apologize ever under any circumstance, even if you do something wrong. Mm-hmm. Find some sort of way to say it in a way that, you know, like, I'm sorry that you got offended by that. Like that uh, anybody kind of who's thing. gone to yeah. law school, that's <laughs> right. your mentality. Never, Never apologize. Just say, I'm sorry that you took my words to say that. I'm sorry that you walked in the way of me and made contact with me. Yeah. So clearly you are at fault based on my statement that I have just made. Right. Thank you. And for I, my TED talk. I mean, like, there's there's a part of of just 
running for president where I think every once in a while, especially if you have a long track record with things that you wish you had back. Yes. Where you don't have to apologize. Like, you don't have to say, like, I'm so sorry because I voted for this at this time. Because then, you know, you set yourself up for having to apologize for everything. Yeah. But you could start, you know, like, you can do the non-apology apology where you're just like, uh, you know, when I when I did vote on that on the issue of busing, it was not seen as something. It was it was trying to separate it from a federal to a state level, and the states were doing things that I didn't agree with on a federal level. But that was not my intention when I was voting for it to yes. create this kind of division. I thought we would be doing more to make things better, but uh, once it got out of federal control and went to state hands. It got worse. Yeah. And I'm 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 sorry that you had to go through that with the state of California. Yeah. You know, like that was not my intention. And that's like a good way to apologize without apologizing. It sounds like you're apologizing without actually saying anything. Joe's got to learn that. Yeah. yeah, But his like, you know, like, you know, like, well, you supported busing. It's like sure as fuck did. (laughs) That's not. I like to go across the aisle and shake the hands of known racists. (laughs) And you know what? He never called me boy once. So I don't know what to tell you. Um, but uh, one he, other, one last story coming. So out. weird. He never once called me a Negro to my face. It's weird. So I don't know why he didn't do it. Yeah. He seemed to do it a lot. Uh, one last story coming from the debates this week, and that is uh, apparently uh, speaking Spanish during the debate does nothing to help your numbers <laughs> when it comes to Hispanics. <laughs> Who would have thought? Maybe we should talk about issues that Hispanics are concerned with if we want to earn their vote instead of just quoting things that we just said in English in Spanish, Beto, uh, or saying things with questionable diction in Spanish, Julio Castro, um, showing off our language skills, Mayor Pete, um, and really just kind of punting it because everybody else was talking in Spanish, everybody else. Uh, So, yeah, uh, let's talk about how uh, we're going to address immigration and how Donald Trump has been doing a bad job of it, how we're going to close down the concentration camps that are on the border right now, yeah. and how the very first thing I do when I get back from my inauguration is to say, close the fucking camps down and let the people go. Yeah, That is the first thing I will do. No ifs, ands, or buts. I will not even wait till I get back to the White House. I will say, uh, thank you, America, and I'll turn around and be like, so we're closing the fucking camps, right? Let's do that right now. I just had it. Okay. Free advice for any Democratic candidate who wants to take it. Here we go. Because uh, you're going to get asked this question again. You're going to get asked the uh, what's the first thing you do when you get into when you get elected, when you go to the Oval Office on Inauguration Day. Uh, start stoking the fear a little bit. And look like just uh, maybe like take like a long like the you know, Lester Holt gives you that question. What's the first thing? Cory Booker, what's the first thing you're doing when you're walking to the Oval Office on uh, Inauguration Day? Well, you know what? I'd like to say that I want to spend the time focusing on health care or the immigration crisis or this or that or any number of the many issues that we're going to have to deal with. But let's be honest. I don't think Trump's going to act like he lost this election and give up that power easily. And I imagine that the first couple weeks that we spend trying to get into office are going to be spent battling with a trump administration who claims that his loss is not real Mm -hmm. and that he actually won this election and that he's not going to allow anybody who works for him to be able to do anything but you know to change this and stuff like that because a you call him out on something that he absolutely is gonna fucking do because he has no reason not to if he loses yeah and two you could set up this thing like not only have 
you thought about the fact that this might that this is probably going to be an eventuality. Yeah. But that you're preparing for what you're going to do to battle that. Fair enough. Yeah. And then people would start thinking like, oh, gee, you know, like, is there a chance Booker, he's actually going to Booker's really on the ball with this fucking yeah, thing? Like, sure. You know, like, and that that would I think would be the best like. It would be a it would be a great line. It would it would test really well, and I imagine you get some support out of it too. I so. think so. That so there's a good free yeah. advice for you guys. Uh, <laughs> also, by the way, Joe Biden, don't listen to that. Uh, continue to make ridiculous <laughs> fucking statements and stories, uh, and put your foot in your mouth. Well, and, the problem is, if Joe Biden did that one, he'd be like, uh, 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 "Well, we all know Trump's not going to give up power." I mean, like me and Barack were thinking about not doing that ourselves. Yeah, so it's like, oh, Joe, you said the loud part oh, out. Come on, Joe. Yeah, you said the quiet part out loud and the, qui- and the loud part quiet. Uh, and then it's going to be like a week on Fox News of just like Obama was thinking about not giving up power, like, and how dare he? And yeah, yeah, Trump, um, Trump does it. Yeah, well, because he has to, because all these Democrats are trying to ruin America. I, I really just want Joe to fumble his uh, campaign in the fifth decade. That's really what I want. I want to see him get into the stretch and just fumble a fifth campaign I, in the fifth decade. You know, we make a lot of fun of Joe. I do feel bad in a way because uh, the personal tragedies that he's gone through in his yeah. life yeah. and how he's always sort of tried to turn those into things that would help other people. I mean, like, you know, you, you can you can nitpick over his entire voting record and there's definitely things to do there. Mm-hmm. Like there's definitely uh, smoke in that fire. But I mean, like he, he has legitimately always tried to do the best he can for people. And he's always tried to like take these like really awful moments in his own life personally and try and like uh, create a sun shining on the other side for everybody sure. from it. Yeah. Yeah. But like there's also a part of me that just feels like he's just like lost there. Like he, he's kind of like everyone's kind of gone and he's all by himself and this is the only thing he can do. Yeah. And the only thing, you know, at this point, the only thing that would make everything right with him like uh emotionally is to be president like that's the only thing that can that can fill that yep. hole in his heart listen uh hillary joe <laughs> not a reason to be president no uh, earning I'm, it deserving it is not a good reason so i'm go not home. i'm not saying that I'm, I'm not saying that we should all vote for him for that reason i'm just saying yeah. like there is a there is something very sad about that at the end of the day and i feel bad that he's going to go out there and run this race like he deserves it because Every single time he's come from tragedy to do something positive, mm-hmm. it's worked out for him in the past. Yeah, and here's what I say to you guys: um, every building along uh, the uh, National Mall, right there, immediately next to uh, the Capitol, uh, there are three Senate office buildings and three House office buildings. Mm-hmm. Each of them has a name, and each of them is named after what? Do you know? Senators and a long-term serving senator who served the Senate or the House Mm. spent their entire life, their entire career serving that body and realized that this is where they can do the best good. Yeah. And for the most part, in fact, all six of them, I think none of them ran for president because they realized this is where I do the most good. The problem with 2019 is everyone thinks, oh, I got to get into the executive to do anything. No. Stay where you can do the most good. Uh, Stop administrations stop grabbing senators and congress people who are of your party and pulling them into your administration and then leaving no one there to lead yeah in congress because that's really what we need 
Um, anyway, enough depressing shit. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about movies. Hey, hey uh, Hollywood. Hollywood. Let's just sample that and use that as a theme. But so, Corey and I are members of the AMC Stubbs. A-list, yeah. A-list, that's what it is. AMC Stubbs A-list, uh, which is a wonderful little campaign, and we haven't used it as much as we should have recently. Uh, but well, it's, mostly because of movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, that as well. But it allows you to see three movies a week, uh, but basically if you see one 3D movie, basically pays for itself. So yeah. I've seen at least, oh, it's not June anymore, but I saw two 2D movies in the first week of June, and that just paid for the entire thing itself and so everything after that is just gravy uh and you get discounts on food and discounts on drinks and mm. uh invitations to special events like debuts which was nice even though i didn't go um so uh it's really fun and uh now finally it looks like alamo draft house is opening in downtown la yeah it looks like they're about to put the sign up and stuff hopefully we'll see uh but they uh alamo is talking about offering something similar uh regal came out this week our former number one pick on a theater mm-hmm. is uh announcing that they are bringing out an amc stubs like feature and old standby movie pass says they're revamping the app and revamping <laughs> their website and they're going to be uh changing their model to be more like uh, AMC Stubbs. Good luck with that. Yeah, so we'll see about that one too. But uh, I just wanted to kind of like touch on that quickly uh, in our last 10 minutes here and to say like what uh, what are your thoughts about these three options? I mean, first of all, I've been really happy with AMC Stubbs. Uh, mm. I wish we had more AMC theaters around us. Burbank being in Burbank. Three theaters there, but a little far away, especially because I don't drive. But uh, Universal City, or uh, Universal City Walk is train ride. It's decent. Um, tram runs as long as it's not too late. And I've gotten pretty easy about getting there and getting back. What are your, th- what are your thoughts about uh, the, the stubs generally? I mean, I like stubs and I, I like the way it's set up and it, it it's easy to get your movies and get in there and like, you know, rack up the points and stuff like it, it's the it's the movie pass app that should have been the whole time. Yes. Like, yeah, we didn't need to see a movie every single day. Yeah. And I don't think, well, I mean, there were periods that we really did go like four or five times a week uh, yeah. during that summer. But really, three a week satisfies me. Yeah. And being able to see any format that I want is way better than just C2D only. So. Yeah. I mean, the the, the overall, pro- I mean, like, what really makes sense for everyone involved, like, as a, as a consumer of movies, is find the plan that makes the most sense for where you live and where the theaters are around you. Yeah. Like... AMC Stubbs would have never made any sense for me if we were still in Maryland. Okay. Because yeah. I can't even think of where the closest... I mean, there was like an AMC in Owings Mills, I think. Annapolis has two. Yeah, but I Dover mean, like, none one. of those were anywhere close to me. Like, I would go to, and like, the AMC in Annapolis with you every once in a while. Yeah. When, we were, when you were on the shore and I was on, you know, in Baltimore and we were, like, meeting in the middle to, like, right. catch a movie somewhere. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, if... Cinemark had a thing like when it was right around the corner from me yeah then that would make a lot of sense to me uh now that Alamo's opening up seven blocks away from here it makes a lot of sense for me to have like the Alamo you know draft house pass as opposed to the AMC Stubbs A-list because do you think you'll change do you think you'll change over? oh yeah really yeah 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 what if uh, Alamo's is more limiting than the AMC one what if it's like two movies a month or three movies a month um if it's like that, then I would hope that it would be cheaper. Yeah. Um, there, I could be, I could be convinced. Uh, depending on how much money the Alamo one is to have both. 
I was going to say, is there a price point at which you would keep both of them? Yeah, there's a price point where, where I would keep both. But it's not like the problem is that, you know, I, I feel like 25 bucks is probably where the Alamo one is going to end up. Yeah. And even if it's not three movies a week, even if it was like a movie a week at 25, I can still rationalize that purchase. And because it's closer, I know that I would be able to hit those numbers a lot sure. easier. That's the problem really with with the A-list is that because I have to get in the car and drive to Burbank to go see a movie. Extra step. Yeah. yeah it, it's like, you know, it, especially if it's like, oh, it's eight o'clock. Let's go see a movie. And then you look and it's just like, well, the next showing that I would really be able to see is 1020. Yeah. And I don't really want to drive out to Burbank for a 1020. Yep. Considering that I'm going to have to come back and. It's going to be after midnight before we actually get home and stuff like, you know, like th- those things start factoring in a lot more than if it's right around the corner. Yep. So, I mean, uh, part of the reason why we loved movie pass so much was we could go wherever we were- wanted. And like if we wanted to see something that was only playing at the uh, oh God, what was the one in uh, like Culver City that we went to a couple of times. We saw RGB there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, fuck. Landmark. Landmark. Yeah. Yes. Like, you know, sometimes they're they're playing something at select theaters. Like, uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco is like a movie, that, that, like a critically acclaimed movie find. that's out there. Yeah. It's only playing in a couple select theaters right now. And I don't know if a- AMC has it at any of their theaters. I haven't seen it at my, my favorites. Theaters, yeah, but I mean, so. like, you know, so, like, that's the type of thing, like, it, Movie Pass was great because I could just say, like, you know, oh, I really want to see this movie. I'll go out to Culver City to see it. And we went to a, a lot of, like, uh, we went to Los Feliz the- yeah. 3. We went to that one that's out on uh, the Vista a couple mm-hmm. of times. It gives you an excuse to go to a theater that you might not go to before because it's like, oh, well, it's included in my monthly pass. Yeah, and you want to check it out. You yeah. want to, like, you know, we went to the Egyptian or the uh, uh, Chinese for yep. that same reason. We were just yeah. like, it's included. Wait, let's go to let's go, go check out the movie at Chinese. Yeah, uh, I I just feel like it's got to be like where makes you happy because there's there's a part of movie theaters that I feel like there's there's ones that become the place that you go to all the time and it sort of feels like your home base theater. Right. Now wait, is Alamo gonna have higher format than two D? I would imagine so. Yeah. Okay. I don't I mean, see. I don't know if they offer 3D pictures everywhere. I don't. I, I know that the one in like Tyson's Corner, Virginia, does, but I can't remember. Well, I the mean, other thing about this one so. is it's going to be smaller, right? And more like it, it'll be. It, you're never going to have a, a a theater like the Prime in uh, at the AMC Burbank. Yeah. You know, yeah. like they they just don't have the space to have a 200 seat, 300 seat theater. Yep. Uh, so it's going to be a lot more intimate showings, but I imagine that you're also going to get a lot more. You're going to get a lot more Last Black Man in San Francisco type features. There. And the best thing of all about Am- uh, Alamo, it's little note that says "red guy in red hat," really loud. Yeah, pass it up, and then they boot him the fuck out. Yeah. So we, I don't go to Friday night showings of movies because of that. Yeah. Uh, and I don't like going to Saturday night showings. Uh, generally speaking. Um, at places that have bars because of that. Because the people who go to a Saturday night 8.15 showing have been drinking since 4 and uh, are just loud and annoying. But, uh, you know. So we'll see about Alamo. I mean, I, I would be willing to change. It's uh, a short bus ride, short train ride away. And um, it's close. Regal also coming out with their thing. Again, they mm-hmm. have... It's a little bit like um, AMC, except for Regal is the closest main theater to us. Um yeah, I mean, I, I, I think my problem with the Regal one at the end of the day is 
that they're getting into it late and I don't know if they're uh if their interests are, are aligned with mine necessarily. Okay. Because the, the original plan that they came out with was the uh like eight ninety nine a month and you get a free movie ticket, free two D movie, and that thing can roll over. So yes, you're paying less than you would for a ticket, but it sort of feels like you're subsidizing your gym experience by or gym experience, your movie experience by paying for it. That's the way gym memberships do it a yeah. lot. Hopefully like you won't use it. And then yeah, you'll forget your that money. you're paying eight ninety nine a month yeah. because it's such a small number that you don't think about it. And then you realize like, oh, I haven't seen a movie in fucking hmm. six months. No, I mean, my hope is, of course, that they expand it out to be more like AMC Stubbs. And it's like, here's a flat yeah. fee for whatever you want during the month or for a lot of movies during the month. And then again, it's right downtown here. It's... Um, near nearby enough that we can see more movies there so yeah and i guess I, we'll see the the i the other thing i guess you could you could factor in is like uh i, I was talking about with, with people about going to see uh once upon a time in hollywood yeah and i'm like where are we gonna see it because this is the type of movie that i want to see I, uh, the theater that you go to is part of the experience of seeing this movie yeah cinerama so like, dome yeah. good selection because it's actually in the movie yeah. that they drive past or i mean it, like so. if you go to the egyptian like mm-hmm. or the uh uh I keep saying Egyptian. The Chinese. Chinese. Yeah. Like you keep, uh, you, you know, that's Hollywood history right there. Yep. And to see a Hollywood movie in a Hollywood, famous Hollywood theater would be wonderful. Uh, same thing could be said about like the Vista or right. any of the Los <laughs> Lees or something like that. Like you, you feel the, the history of Hollywood within you when you go into these places. Uh, Alamo would be nice just because I can sit there quietly and not have to worry about people talking and ruining it for me. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, I don't know, just something about like AMC Burbank 16 doesn't feel like the place to watch the latest Tarantino movie, you know, like, but of course we could didn't see it a second time or a third yeah, time yeah, there, yeah. you know? Yeah. You, you, but I'm saying like, you know, then the, the question becomes is, am I, uh, getting the AMC a list and subsidizing it occasionally with movies elsewhere just because I want to go to the arc light you know and see, like, in eh. my in my mind that's what i always do i i will go to the arc light which the cinerama dome is now an arc light and i'll say I, i'll pay the 13.99 for the one ticket now and then to subsidize the fact that i want to go see this again i will go see it at amc for free well yeah. for free because i've already seen two movies this month that paid for my subscription there yeah. so but again if alamo is a ten dollar subscription for one movie a week great I'll, I'll add that on. Yeah, yeah. We'll go I'll, to Alamo once a week, and if we want to see something else, it's like, all right, well, we already went to Alamo on Friday, so let's go to AMC Saturday or yeah. Sunday or whatever. So I think you can add both of those on. Um, so we got like, uh, well, we're we're at time now, but I know you want to talk about one other thing. So uh, let's uh, let's crunch that topic really quick. Sure. In news that I don't really care about, <laughs> NBA. Well, and in the last year, I, I uh, we had an episode where we talked about like the uh, the L.A. sports teams that we were going to follow. Yes. And yeah. thank God I said I was going to become a Clippers fan because now has never been a better time to be a Clippers fan. Yes. Or like Something the only the time to be able to be a Clippers fan. Anyway, what uh, happened with the Clippers? Kawhi Leonard, uh, the uh, finals MVP who basically carried the Raptors throughout the entire playoffs, uh has decided to sign with the LA Clippers. He's a, a lo- Southern California local boy, uh, I think from like around San Diego. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about him signing with the Clippers. And it turns out that part of the reason why it took a little bit longer was because he was also trying to convince the Clippers to trade for Paul George to play with him on the Clippers. So now 
both the Clippers and the Lakers have huge stars on them, which is usually not how it goes. Uh, usually it was only the Lakers. There was a small period of time where Blake Griffith was part of the uh, uh, Clippers. And, I, you know, it, it it's interesting and fun at the same time. I think that we're going to find ourselves priced out of Clippers tickets a lot yeah, more now. Yeah, I was going to say, the only way like this only, impacts like, me is that the only games I've seen in L.A. have been Clippers games, and now we're going to be priced out of the Clippers games, too. So I oh still well. feel like there's a prestige that comes with the Lakers that isn't there with the Clippers, and that, you know, like a a lesser matchup might still be, like, easy to see, you know. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, again, a, a if, Clippers Pacers Tuesday night affair will still probably be way less than hey, whenever the Wizards come to town. The tickets will be cheap. <laughs> That's what we can assure. Because uh, as you remember, the NBA plays 88 games just to make sure that we well, not the Clippers anymore. Yeah. I eliminate the Wizards and somebody from the West. <laughs> uh, but everybody seems to be excited that uh, there is a chance now that it's an all L.A. West Conference fi- uh, finals. Yeah. Um, and if in any event, uh, we're looking at Golden State. The L.A. Clippers and the um, uh, Lakers, yeah, all being competitive. So there are three competitive teams in California now. Yeah. So uh, sorry to you, rest of America. <laughs> sorry to you, Sacramento, who didn't make that list. Oh, I forgot there was a team in Sacramento. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I again, the biggest impact for me as soon as I heard the news, I was like, well, shit. I guess we're not going to see any more Clippers games because uh, those ten dollars tickets are now going to be forty dollars tickets, and the upgraded fifty dollars tickets we get are now two hundred dollars tickets. So, I would, I, I would like uh, to make one small request of the Clippers. Okay. Uh, just before we go, this this almost has nothing to do with Kawhi or or uh, Paul George or anything else. Uh, just a simple request. Fix the uniform and the logo. Like, it's so horrible. It's like, it, it doesn't even look like a college team or like a minor league team. It looks like something that, like, uh, like Steve Ballmer owns the Clippers. Like, I imagine, like, he had a grandson. He's like, I drew a new logo for the Clippers. He's like, like, after he bought the team, he's just like, I don't see why we don't put this on t shirts right now. Let's and it do all it. became, like, part of a, like, like, a joke. Like, where he would, like, come in and he'd just be like, my grandkid drew this. Put it on a shirt. It's just like, for real? Yeah, or we, is that we doing that. We're okay. Doing yeah, or, yeah. It it's a. Uh, I don't know. I I just kind of like those old red and blue jerseys, like the the old Clippers across the front. Like it, it was a classy look. Yeah. And the only thing that didn't make it any better was the fact that the Clippers never had a team to go with the uniforms of the logo. They could have easily just uh. So, uh, yeah. but now look at it. Now, uh, Chargers, Rams, both yeah. looking really good. Clippers, Lakers, yeah. both looking really good. Uh, the uh, Dodgers are the number one team in baseball. Dodgers are looking good. Angels are angels. Um, also, they're not in L.A., so it doesn't really matter. Uh, and, not yet. Not until they move to Long Beach. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, is it, what is it the Kings? Yeah. Kings. Who were one of the worst teams in hockey. Yeah, So, but the, we're at the end of the season, so we're going to see what happens. I mean, the you next can season. change things up real quick in hockey. Yeah, <laughs> it's like basketball, right? Like a couple of players during the offseason, and you're back in it. So It's it's amazing. Like, you know, just the other thing is, like, uh, baseball offseason was so, like, awful because it wasn't up until, like, right before the season started where, like, Machado and Harper and all these other people signed. Yeah. And yeah. then as soon as, like, those contracts came out, there was, like, a huge bonanza of people signing extensions and stuff, and that was really fun. But there was, like, the whole, like, 
winter where like we're waiting for rumors about like where's Manny Machado going and you're not hearing anything because like nobody wants that everyone's trying to talk the price down and stuff like that. But in the NBA where they just like have like a, a max contract. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just like the first uh, the first minute that <laughs> the free agency began, there were players being announced. It's like, yep. you know, like we've agreed to sign whoever to the Lakers to and max, stuff like that. Max, yeah. max. And it's like, okay, so we know how much room we have and uh this is how much we can give you. That's it. Yeah. So sorry about it. And then the other side, hockey, which is just like uh <laughs> You'll all of a sudden hear about like some trade where like the five best players in the league all of a sudden end up on one team and it's just like, well, oh. what would they give up for it? So it's like, oh, you know, just a couple minor league players. It's like, you got Gretzky for a couple minor league. It's like, yeah, you know, uh, they just wore us down. We were in the room for a while and then they asked really nicely. They said, please. And, you know, yeah, we're Edmonton. So we said, oh, well, I mean, hello, place, this so. is the Oilers. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be we'd like to talk to you about acquiring Wayne Gretzky. Oh, I don't know. He's pretty good. I think we're going to have to. uh up our usual offer to three minor league players. That's an insult, sir. Oh no, you're really putting me over a barrel here. I got well, a, I got a fan base. Please, well, I have a fan base too. Please, please. All right, three players. It's fine. I'll give you your three players. These Canadians are so nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, L.A. apparently is a sports town. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? By the way, they it showed up late for it. But they, I was gonna say <laughs> it, it was a here. few, just a few years ago where. Uh, there was no football at all, um, and weren't one of the ba- one of the basketball teams was talking about moving to San Diego. Um, Clippers, maybe? That was, yeah, that was that was, that was just a little talk. Oh yeah, I, they're, they they're going to yeah. move to Inglewood though. Yeah, they're to the new stadium, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're going to build a new stadium in Inglewood, and yeah. then that's going like, to the one right across from the new Rams and yeah. Chargers stadium. So, so here you go, every city in America. Spend five billion dollars on a sports complex, and your city becomes a sports city. Who knows? You know, uh, uh, another message to you. Uh, if you're a city that, uh, and this isn't to make fun of like a smaller city, like if you're Indianapolis, you probably have to pay, you, you probably have to use public money to pay for that stadium. Yeah. Uh, but if you're a city like LA or uh, maybe the better example for this one is Miami uh, <laughs> and you are a place that people want to go and a place where they want to own sports franchises and you want to be the king of Miami and own the heat or something yeah, like that yeah. or own the Marlins. Like, how about you build your own fucking stadium? Because at the end of the day, like that's essentially how LA has carried this for the last couple of years. Yeah. It's like, Hey, if you want to move the Rams here, that's fine. You want to build that stadium? You go right the fuck ahead. Otherwise, Coliseum Coliseum's still available. We are like not going to give you $250 million <laughs> to build your stupid ass stadium. So if you want it that bad, you got to do it yourself. Yeah. Then meanwhile, it's some developer. It's just like Jeff Palmer's on the phone. It's just like, hello. Oh, you want $118 million to build on a parcel across the highway? Sure. Yeah. I don't see why the city council can't write that one up. Yeah. Oh, you're going to you're going to put Section 8 in there, right? Yeah, sure. sure Let's say you. I will. Let's say I will. Sure. I mean, I'll think about it. Good enough for me. We'll put in some units, a uh, separate door. Uh, they can exit through the back. Uh, we're going to call it the servant store. Just so somebody knows. get Jose Weezer's signature stamp. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. uh, if you if you want to know where all your public money is going, you know where you can go. Where's that? Oh, the anthem dot com. the anthem dot com. the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line four four three two one nine seven five nine five. What's in the break? Four four three two one nine seven five nine five. You can find more of me at my website CoreyBakerFilmmaker dot com. Uh, there have not been reviews because I have been so so busy and. Uh, Turns out that they don't show movie screenings at like eight o'clock in the morning. So oh, really? I haven't been, <laughs> been able to Strange. see them during that time. Um, but 
We're talking about seeing a movie tonight. I think it might be Spider-Man, if not something else that's equally enjoyable. And I would like to have a review up this week for that and then a review next week to make up for the fact that I've been so tardy with them. So uh, enjoy that. And yes. And of course, you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek on all your social networks. Make sure you check out robertandcheek.com. You can find links to my political blog, news website, and the books which are available on Amazon. Byron's books. Including the book that just came out last week, which we forgot about, and which I still have not promoted because I'm the worst author ever. Um... <laughs> But we're going to try to get to work on that a Still little bit. Still somehow in the top 50,000 Amazon books. Well, that was brief. <laughs> Briefly a few weeks ago, cracked the top 50,000 uh, authors, uh, which I theorize is just every other author had a bad month and I had a regular month. And John I just Grisham hasn't had anything for a while. Slid in there to the top 50,000. So uh, thank you to everybody. I did uh, have a repost I'm going to do this week, which just is a reminder. Leaving reviews are everything. So if you can just go on and put a review, even if it's just like, because uh, Amazon doesn't care. They just bounce you based on the number of reviews. So you can just be like, really like the book. Looking forward to the next thing. Boop. And that's it. And it just builds you up in the in the ranking. So if you get it, go on and, and review it. Uh, I'm going to confirm that the paperback is out. If not, it should be out soon. Uh, so check that out. Yep. Well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't know if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Yes, and uh, let's all go out and buy our Kawhi Leonard paperclip jerseys. Paperclips? Yeah, the logo looks like Clippy, the paperclip. Oh, yeah, mm. that's right. Uh, also, yeah, uh, fuck Jeff Palmer. Let's just say that right off the top. So, <laughs> Have a good week, everybody.